Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to another episode number... 185. 185. Uh, hey, Peter, hold on, hold on. Yeah, you yeah, sound yeah. like you're in a tin can. Are you on your oh, actual no, mic? Let me, let me make sure that it hooked up to the right place, you know? Maybe it didn't. Does that sound better? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Third Degree, the podcast is sponsored by Soccer 90. The U.S. men's national team is set. It came out today. Oh, boy, was there some controversy. But the World Cup's about to begin 11 days away. You're up and come get your Soccer 90 gear. Get your U.S. Soccer national team gear, your World Cup gear. Anything you want from the national team. Don't miss the MLS end of season sale, which runs from now through November 13th. With MLS and FC Dallas gear marked up down as much as 50% off. Shop Soccer 90 today. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to another episode number... Uh, 185, Peter. That would be 185 of Third Degree, the podcast. Hi, it's me, Peter, and it's just me and the original. You know him, you love him. Editor, founder of thirddegree.net, Buzz Carrick, come in, Buzz. Hi, hi, Peter. We should probably warn everybody that between the World Cup uh, and Dan's wedding, things might get a little crazy in terms of the schedule of the of getting the podcast recorded and so forth over the next month, but uh, we will be here podcast-wise every week, uh, Although we don't cover the World Cup, but uh, you do on all your stuff. You're going to have lots of World Cup content for everybody. Yeah, I've, I've, for the last, all this week, we've been pre-recording all of our uh, preview stuff for the kick around. Uh, and all of that's getting posted on our podcast feed and uh, all that starts going up next week. Andy's done a really good job putting a kind of World Cup for Dummies primer show together. Mm. So if you're kind of new to watching the World Cup, which, you know, considering the U.S. hasn't been in it in eight years, there's actually a whole group of people that have never critically watched the U.S. in a World Cup before. Uh, I think this is a really cool uh, pod to to give a listen to. And then we're doing uh, group stage previews, and Laura Siverston is joining us for all of this. And then when the tournament starts on the 20th, every afternoon we'll record a wrap-up show of that day. And if you don't want to wait for the podcast version, you'll be able to watch it live mm. uh, on the Internet, on a video stream while we record it, make mistakes and stuff. So that'll wow. be fun. That's yeah. very cool, yeah. You're better uh, than me. <laughs> And that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's all available on our website, thekickaround.com. Uh, there's my thanks for letting me pimp that, Buzz. Yeah, cross promotion. No, it's good content. I can't wait to listen. Well, thank you, Buzz, for being patient, uh, for waiting for me to help you record this because I've got all that other stuff going on. But uh, you know, I came in here to set up, so I popped on uh, the screen and realized that the women were playing right now against Germany, and I turned it on and. Game aside, because I'm not really paying attention, all the U.S. is losing. Um, it's the first time I've seen the new World Cup kits in action. Oh, and they're dreadful. Oh yeah, it's the white kits, and they are so boring. And yeah. even worse for the women. Have you seen the logo placement? Because you know these the new kits have the U.S. crest centered. Well, the the giant gold world, you know, when you're the World uh-huh. Cup champion, you get to wear that giant gold badge. It's just like randomly placed off to the right mm-hmm. of the U.S. badge, 
and it just looks it looks so wonky and poorly placed that the whole thing's a disaster. I'm yeah, so pissed. I, I will make a bold assumption, and I could be totally wrong, that the women will get a new kit of their own that'll roll out before their World Cup, so that they don't have that problem. Because clearly, this one is for them unofficially for the men. To me, for this yeah. World Cup right now, and that they'll want to give something for the women. I would assume that'll have a better centering because they'll sell a lot of women's kits prior to that World Cup. I would imagine so. Um, well, just, yeah, it does look terrible. I've seen the pictures. It, it looks, yeah, and the little red and blue shoulder stripe uh, accent yeah. looks really. It all just, I don't know. I don't want to start off. I, I've already killed Steve Davis yes. right off the bat. I've Steve tuned Davis him out. out. Steve, come back. <laughs> Davis, come back. I promise. No more kit talk. Yeah, I'll text him. Let him know. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, so here's where I'd like to start real quick because yep. well, uh, we have not spoken since the MLS Cup took place. And I know, Buzz, you haven't watched it yet. You were working that day. You've been very busy with everything else. But I got to tell you, dude, in 27 years of watching this league, that is easily one of the best games of soccer I've ever seen take place. And the fact that it happened in an MLS Cup delights me to no end. Yeah, almost all the responses that I was seeing on Twitter, I, I was uh, producing a, a different sporting event that, during that time. Um, I kept getting these blowups on my phone of, this is the most amazing game I've ever seen. This is the greatest MLS game ever, greatest MLS Cup ever, greatest game in a decade. You know, just everyone espousing about how great it was. So, um, I, you know, I fully intend to sit down and watch it at some point, given how great it supposedly is. So it's nice to see most MLS championships and most of championships of almost any kind are often not good. So to get one in a, in a final sounds fantastic, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, it starts a little dodgy, but then it starts to find its legs, and then the drama starts, and there's a little bit of everything. Hell, we have even have a gruesome leg break takes place mm. in it. And so, um, and then the poor guy gets his leg broken and then has to <laughs> deal with the fact that he also got a red card. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I believe that's the official definition of insult to injury. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny because... Uh, apparently the video of the leg incident it was so bad that fox wouldn't show the replay but when they wouldn't show the replay then they could also not show the moment or the uh, the explanation as to why the yellow card had been decided to be turned from yellow to red because it was obvious last man deal but they couldn't show the replay so the fact that the ref just magically shows up and starts changing it from yellow to red was kind of interesting because there was no context to it Hmm. because of the gruesome leg break so yeah um yeah it was it was a great game. Uh, it makes you, if you're an American fan, it makes you worry about having to play a game against Gareth Bale because he is the ultimate guy that does that thing that you and I talk, you and you and I, uh, Dan, talk about a lot, which is having a game changer, a guy that can make special moments out of nothing. He has the yeah. lifelong track record of doing that, and now he has to play the United States. So, and, and well, literally at this point, that kind of is all he has left. I mean, you, we watched him play once or twice. This season, I think even maybe it was only one time, a whole game. And he doesn't really have the, the fitness or the, the, the youth to be able to do that for 90 minutes anymore. But what you can do is come in and give you 10 and do something incredible. And that's obviously what he did. Yeah, he sure did. And when he uh, skies over a six foot six defender to head in the tying goal with, uh, you know, in double, triple, quadruple uh, injury time, mm. it is. Uh, 
bonkers crazy. And the scenes at the stadium are fantastic. Andy was there at the game. He says the stadium's really awesome, and the way it's constructed just holds all the noise. It's nice. uh, It was a great experience. So uh, congratulations to Kellen, and congratulations to Ryan for winning their first uh, 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 MLS Cups. Uh, I'm happy for both those dudes. Yeah, me too, and, and congrats to Andy for keeping his legendary streak going. I, I think that is such a cool thing. I mean, I'm very jealous of it myself. Super cool. It is a good trade. Yeah, for those who don't know, the guy that I co-host the show with, Andy Swift, has been to every single MLS Cup, and he's one of maybe five people in the world that can hold that uh, honor. And so yep. uh, he actually met up with some of the fans that are make up that five. He actually had a, a moment to go visit with them. That was kind of fun, uh, too. I saw that picture. That was cool, yeah. All right, well, let's get into other matters that I think the good third-degree pod listener care more about, and that is Football Club Dallas and the giant news that you kind of, I think, well, I think you, did you break this uh, buzz? Or did you? Well, it is the fact that uh, the contract situation between club legend Matt Hedges and the club aren't going very well or in a kind of weird. It's not like a done deal that Matt's coming back ne- next year. And and uh, and did you did you break this story Bugger. or did it get? Oh, oh we did. Yep. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, then why don't you tell us the, the dealios? Well, I think it was probably most observers would have assumed that coming into the winter that whether you pick up Matt Hedges uh, contract, which should be around a million dollars, whether that the option or not was a, was a question mark. And, and Bogger tweeted, gosh, a week ago, maybe he tweeted that the teams were the team and, 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 uh, hedges were far apart. And that was the first time we saw some sort of official news about it. And then I heard through my connections later that day, or maybe the next morning, I heard that it was going really, really poorly and that it wasn't, you know, close, the, like Tom had said, not close, that not only was it not close, it's like the vibe was bad and people were not having ill feelings was what I had gotten to add on to that. I didn't have anything original at the time. And then uh, earlier today, I did get something pretty official that he met with um, Hedges and his people met with FC Dallas again yesterday. Um, And I don't have any information beyond that other than to say, well, if you're you're continuing to meet with them, that means you're at least, uh, I would assume, having some level of discussion and, the, and you combine that with the fact that the uh, protected list came out today and FC Dallas did indeed protect him rather than expose him. Because if you expose him and he gets taken, you do get a little bit of money. So the fact that they think enough of these negotiations to, to protect him for the few more days that they have now, um, those two things, the meeting yesterday and the protection today, are, I think, positive that people are beginning to think maybe we can find a common ground and they can, he could come back on some number. Um, if they don't get something done and they don't pick up that million dollar option, then next Wednesday, uh, Matt Hedges will be a free agent and can talk to anybody he wants to, including FC Dallas. Anybody who would be interested in signing him will be able to talk to him next Wednesday. So, you know, this is always a tough situation for a club to be in, and it, it, really any sport. This isn't exclusive to soccer, which is the idea that you have to figure out what is it's it's balancing uh, being fair to a club legend and treating him right and also doing what's best for the club. Yeah, it, it happens in every sport. I mean, I, the famous Dallas example from my own fandom is, you know, when, when Emmett Smith went to, was it the Cardinals? Yeah. He went to, and, and you can remember uh, various people that have been big figures for any franchise you're a fan of making a late run at another club for a season or two. It's happened to, I remember Joe Montana going somewhere else. Treywin didn't do it. He just quit. But, you know, it's it's a common thing. And and the question becomes in this case, 
given Hedges' age and the amount of that contract and the fact that most of us would felt that center back, both of them, in fact, is a position that you might think could be better. So, you know, to, to keep escalating Hedges' contract when he's going on from 32 to 33, you know, that is not necessarily something that in a, in a brutal offensive contract roster building sense you want to do. Now, Hedges as a club legend, should he get a little value on the end? I mean, you can make that case. But the bottom line is they have till Monday to pick up the option or not. And then till Wednesday when he becomes a complete and total open free agent. Uh, and then anyone can talk to him. So uh, they have, you know, five days left to try and get something done before he will skedaddle. And given the amount of people that are looking at Aaron Long and are interested in Aaron Long, when Aaron Long goes to one of them, then the other three or four or five people that could use a center back are going to immediately start looking down the list of who's the next center backs available. And that's when your Matt Hedges name is going to come up. I'm not talking about how you want someone listening might personally evaluate those two players. This is sort of the hierarchy that's getting talked about among clubs. The clubs are queuing up to sign Aaron Long. When they don't get him, whoever doesn't get him, then you may need Hedges or you may want to look at like a Houston didn't protect Tim Parker today, you know, Various kinds of players are possibly available that you can work on, move on. But um, for the bottom line for Dallas is, I think at this point, uh, it's clear that they would like Hedges back at a lesser number. Um, maybe it's time to transition to Nikosi. But it still would be nice to have Hedges here, man. Good leader. No one plays 34 games, really. You want to mix them in. You want to be able to go three backs. You've already got rid of one back. You don't, you're not sure they're center back. You're not even sure they're bringing back Quinones, so you might need two more center backs anyway. So if they can get a good number done, I think it would be beneficial, even if Hedges is not going to be the guy, even if they go out and do like a Tam Gam kind of signing, still be nice to have Hedges here if you can find okay. a number that works. All right. Uh, well, I was going to ask you, you had done your reporting on it, and I was going to ask you for your opinion, but I mm. think you stated. But let, just be more clear about yeah. what you really want them to do. What I would like them to do would be work out this middle ground number. Um, uh, if they if they would have said, I think, I think declining him and letting him walk away is a bad idea. If they would say, um, I want him on a million, I would have said, okay, that's fine for one more season. But really, it'll benefit everybody at the club. And I think Hedges, too, if you can come to sort of some agreement about the future and work something out so that you could have him for a year or two in the future or maybe even as a coach in the future. This is a relationship you don't want to burn down. Um, As a guy transitions into not being the full time starter, he can still have immense value. Now, as the contract goes up and up, one million, one point one million, that on a surface that becomes a problem, but you have to look also at the market for center backs market for center backs is very thin right now. Um, and it may be that in the open market, he may command more than that. You know, it, it, you don't want to let a guy like this find that out <laughs> because if it turns out he is, then you're in trouble and you have to, you have to make a brutal decision about, okay, is it worth it? Am I ready to go to Nikosi full time? Do I have something else out there? I think I can sign. So the best, the best move for both as a pure person that observes this franchise, the thing that helps hedges and FC Dallas together is to find a number in between. And that's what I would like to have happen. I also totally get it. If hedges is like, no, forget you. And I also, I, I, I do think it's a bad idea to let him walk away completely without anything 
I think that's bad because then you are stuck with just Nicosi and Martinez and a crapshoot in the market. And when you just finished third in the West, you'd like to take a step forward. And that would mean taking a step back. Probably, you know, the odds are bad that you would hit on everything again, like they did last year. You know, this, that's, you can't count on that. So that middle ground is where I want is what I want. And hopefully they can get it. You know, we haven't even started talking about 2023 yet. And, um, I hadn't even put too much thought into the fact that hedges may or may not be here or what, what a future with or without hedges or all of that looks like. And so <clears throat> my head is spinning on the whole concept at this point. Uh, I, and, uh, and ultimately I, I want to whatever works out best for Matt, to be honest, cause he's been such a good steward to the club and so forth. So if that means he feels like he wants to get his biggest dollar deal and he has to go to, I don't know, Vancouver to do it, then I, I suppose that's probably the best thing to happen. But it will be really weird to see Matt Hedges play in another MLS shirt that is not yeah. Dallas colors. It totally will be. But when you're talking about a 33, he'll be 33 in, what is it, April, I think. And you, you have to look at the performance of the last two years when it's clear that he is starting to lose a step or two. He's not what he was three years ago. And the amount of time he's missed for injuries has gone up a little bit. That also is a symptom of age. You don't recover quite as fast. Your body takes more, needs more time off. It doesn't heal itself as quickly. Everything hurts a little bit more. It's just a byproduct of age. Granted, center backs a play a position where your mind can carry you further. That's probably true of hedges. You know, he, he could probably play a little bit longer than most guys. But if you're looking at a one or two year deal, you're looking at him turning 35 in the second season of that, man, that that's a big ask, you know, that there's only, there's, there's only one or two players in the world that have played deeper into their thirties as a, even as a center back. So the, the clock is ticking for sure. I definitely agree with you that there should be some honoring of his time here. And that may be why they're talking to him at all. I mean, if, if he wasn't Matt hedges, I'm sure it would just be over at this point. Hmm. Well, it all stinks because uh, this is always the hardest part of being a fan of a player and a club and so forth. So I guess we'll all pay attention to that. Now, the, expan the expansion draft list of players protected and exposed has also been revealed uh, for Dallas. And I'm assuming all clubs have done it by now, correct? Yeah, they all, the oh. whole league announced them around noon today. Okay, so that all came out. And why don't you run through the big headlines of that as well, please, sir? Yeah, the big headline, we only care about SC Dallas on this podcast. The big headline, of course, is that they protected hedges, which again comes back to the idea that they're, they feel like there's something there in the negotiations. The other big uh, headline was... Uh, as a su complete surprise to me, Marco Farfan's homegrown rights, unbelievably, have now transferred all the way to FC Dallas, which is crazy to me because I know that you trade for them usually individually, but yet his came along in the sense of protection for the expansion draft. So that was a free player that no one was expecting. That meant you had room to protect a whole bunch of guys you were happy about, and you only ended up having to expose six players. Now, one of them was Lucas Bartlett, who's the center back this last year they drafted that everybody was like, oh, gosh, he's already 50. Uh, Nikki Hernandez, who's been on loan to San Antonio. You've done that guy so wrong. I know we have. I know. But, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. You, not yeah. me. Yeah. You. <laughs> I, I did. I know I'm awful. Um, Nikki Hernandez, who's who did the work and went on the loan. I like what he did there. That was good. But you only have so much room, and he's a low-risk pick. Frank O'Hara, no one's picking that guy for $3 million. That's an easy one. Uh, Nanu and Quinones, who's both of whom are their loans are running out. So if anybody wants them, 
you can draft them, but then you have to buy them. So no one's going to do that. So those guys are safe to expose. The one that was people went back and forth on was Facundo Kenyon was exposed. And some people are like, well, that's, that's risky. Well, it's not really because he's going on 29. Now uh, he's got an $800,000 contract, which is a DP contract. You have to buy it down. Right. Also uh, he's not, so far beating out a 22 year old homegrown. Now there are people that like Faku a little better than Edwin. I like Edwin a little better, but the bottom line is that there's a conversation there. Well, that's not very good when Edwin's on 130 or whatever he's on and Facundo's on 800 K. So that's an easy, not protect, even though St. Louis has traded for more international spots, the odds of them picking him are very, very low. And if it did, if they do, that's a replaceable player. And honestly, it would be doing Dallas a favor clearing 800 K off the cap. And that's a DP level cap number. So you don't hate that idea if they do take him. On the upside, they were able to protect Jimmy Maurer. That's always good. Um, not a vital player anymore with Martin Paz, but Martin might get hurt somewhere. And Jimmy's a quality keeper. And more importantly, a great leader, great locker room guy, great teacher. Love having him protected. And everybody else was as you expected. Areola, Camungo, Leggett, Martinez, Nasebling, Obreon, Paz, Safari, Tuomasi, and Velasco, the no-brainers all got protected. So They protected Obreon? Yeah, well, so I know that some people don't like him very much, but last year he, he had, or combined, he has like 11 goals and 8 assists at on like 300K. That's, okay. you know, you're not looking at him as, is he a starter? But that's a decent value of goals and assists per dollar, regardless of whether you like his style or not. That's a solid piece. You know, and, and you look at the guys they exposed because the thing is for Dallas is because they have so many homegrowns, they get to protect like automatically like 15 guys that nobody else did. So they have one of the smallest exposed lists in the whole league. And there's only six dudes. I mean, who would you have covered up instead of Obreon Facundo, I guess. I mean, but no one's going to pick Facundo because of his contract size. Yeah. But Obreon's decent goals and assist combination for a honestly a relatively low cap hit so you know i get that there's things about his game we don't love but he's not longer a starter here you know it's just a it's a good piece uh I, the only reason why i ask is because of his quality uh could would somebody else like him which would then allow dallas to go out and find a better player for that position and, and usage versus oberon but to your point he's only on three hundred thousand dollars and he did produce something so maybe that's better than they think they can go out and do for the same amount of money yeah i mean for that's the thing is like um, inside the league, that kind of production is going to be very difficult to find domestically. So you'd be looking at outside the league. Well, a known commodity is almost always better than an unknown commodity, you know, because for that same kind of dollar value, you're looking at a same sort of similar caliber player. You're looking at mid-tier Colombia or Ecuador or something, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. So almost always, Known value over unknown values is a win when you're trying to make your team better, you know? Um, okay, well, that's all out there, and you've given us all the dates so we know what's going on, and everybody can pay attention or follow you on Twitter or however you're uh, disseminating the information is uh, that happens over the course of the next two weeks? Uh, well, yeah, roughly. There's, you know, next week has the 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 deadline for picking up options. It has the free agency window. It has the silly re-entry drafts that nobody really cares very much about. <laughs> Those things are always crazy to me. 
And then you're going to get into um, the World Cup. So there'll probably be a pause a little bit on player moves in terms of like that tier of player. But the free agency window is going to be open. And pretty soon you're going to get to the international windows. And if you wait to the window to actually open before you get your deals done, it's too late. So this is the time when Dallas behind the scenes should be going crazy trying to get guys, you know, and make it happen because um, if you wait till actual January, then you're, you're hosed, you know, and I'm sure they will be in the market for some stuff. Okay. All right. Well, the other thing that's happened in the last 24 hours that is worth uh, talking here is the fact that Burhalter has announced his roster for the U.S. men's national team as they travel to Qatar for the World Cup, which begins for the United States on Monday the 21st. Yes, mm. the Monday the 21st, which is just 11 days away. They are going to be in a World Cup, and they're not even together 11 days out. It's nuts. Actually, some of the team has been together, but not everybody's been yeah, together. Yeah, I, like just in the minute, in the middle of this women's game that my my lovely wife was watching, um, they had the video of the guys getting off the plane in Qatar, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then I it just it hit me like, "Oh my gosh, they're already there!" <laughs> it's oh, like they, they got to go. Oh, the U.S. teams arrived in Qatar already. Yeah, they showed a clip of them getting off the plane. At least I think that's what it was. I was looking over her shoulder, but oh, I didn't. They yeah, they were like, "They're here. They're getting off the plane. We're ready to go." I mean, that's it's, you're right. It's eleven days away. Why would they not be there? Wait, hold on a second. That can't be right because is there are Premier League games this weekend? Well, it may it may be missing those guys, but they everybody else you know could be there. You know, hold on. Yeah, there's a whole. I'm sure Polisic's got a game this weekend, and well, it may not be the whole team. Adams and yeah, okay, all right. Well, I'm surprised they. Don't, I guess I guess they'll travel over there, however's whoever's available, uh, and then wait for the rest of them to show up. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, anyway, so the roster was announced, and uh, look, I I'm gonna say it. This is very shocking because. While Dallas still has a significant presence in the roster, it got reduced quite a bit, and and none of it was bigger than the news that Ricardo Pepe uh, was not named to the roster. Neither was Reggie Cannon, and maybe equally as surprising as Ricardo was the fact that Paul Ariola was not announced as part of the traveling team. Jesus is still in, yeah. so there you go. Yeah, I think um, I think the big shocker one is Ricardo Pepe. I mean, obviously from the the people that have spoken to his his people, they they were sort of blindsided a lot of way and are really pissed about it. Um, I mean, on, on the other side of the coin, he's still young enough to play in the U twenty World Cup, I guess, instead. But um, I find that really shocking. I felt like that Pepe over the course of um, you know the qualifiers had really sort of played himself into a position of security. Uh, and then Berhalter said that basically it was him or Jesus for one spot, effectively. And I thought, boy, that, that's that's crazy. And certainly we knew Jesus had played well enough that he got himself into that contention and was basically the go-to starter. But then the Berhalter's talk that um, Haji Wright was was going up against um, Pifak for like that last spot and, and that Pepe wasn't even in that combo. And I thought, boy, that, that's I, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> I mean, I know Wright's been hot. I get that idea, but, um, you know, there seems to be from where I was sitting, it seemed to be a little bit of like, there's some pretty harsh reaction based off those last two friendlies, you know, that he kind of was like, man, these guys are, I'm getting rid of these bums, you know, based on a couple of games were late. And I thought, well, that just seems, 
Yeah, I think uh, to me, Pepe's had a really hard time getting uh, uh, connected to the team uh, in his late performances. I mean, there just has been very little to really enjoy about Pepe's performances. But as we all know, he's a guy that needs service and they didn't seem to be able to get him service. And he's not a guy that's going to create for himself any of these opportunities. I agree with you. I thought the conversation about how it was between PFOC and Wright, and then on the other on the other part of it, it was between Jesus, Josh Sargent, and uh two and and Pepe, two guys or three guys for two slots, and Pepe was the odd man out. And if you and and to me, honestly, Buzz, that almost sounds like he's making something up to justify the decision because if you yeah. throw Pepe, I guess you could say you could throw Pepe in the other group of guys. Well, he's been scoring it of late as a similar rate of those guys. So yeah. because here's the greatest weirdest part of all of this. The guy out of all of them, of all five or six, I guess it's five guys, the one who's in the worst form is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, the last couple of games were not good for him, but well, it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was longer than just a couple of games. I mean, the guy hasn't scored uh, since early September, so yeah, uh, you know, and and and, I, and maybe that would have been the biggest shock of all if uh, if Ferreira hadn't been picked to go based on yeah. form. So all of it just seems very weird and confusing, and uh, and I'm certainly obvious for all the obvious reasons disappointed for Ricardo. Yeah, but he is a kid; he'll go to a World Cup. Yeah, I, I have three things about this whole forward thing that sort of uh, I wanted to talk about. One is that I think you can't undersell that Jesus is very different than the rest of those guys, and both Greg and Nico. If you can go all the way back to Lucci, they all talk about all the incredible stuff that Jesus does off the ball, like his movement, his line breaking. He does all these modern things that those guys all love that none of the rest of those guys do. Pepe doesn't do it. Wright doesn't do it. Haji doesn't do it. Sergeant doesn't do it. Sergeant, you can use a wing. He can do that. But that he doesn't do this come back to midfield false nine space creation because the United States' team keys on wings. It keys on your Plisic and your Giorena and your Aronson and your Wea, right? It keys off of their movement off of a nine and Jesus best plays that style for you. So that's number one. Number two, do you remember at the 2019 World Cup when Berhalter picked Zardis and Altador, and I was absolutely livid that he didn't take Sargent when they were talking about, even Berhalter was talking yes. about Sargent's the future of the national team. And there were people on Twitter that blasted me. Well, you guys can all STF up right now because <laughs> I was 100% right that you should have taken Sargent and not Altador or Zardis. Or the, the Tyler Boyd was the other forward on that team. Um, and lastly, Bearholder said that uh, Haji Wright's league was better than the one Pepe was playing in. And I know Turkey's a tough environment, but uh, man, that's just, uh, I mean, that's where he's playing, right? Wright is in, in Turkey for somebody. It's like, it, I didn't, you know, listen, I, didn't, I don't know. You know, I, I get lost in sometimes some of this minutiae of these coaching decisions where I'm not sure I really believe everything they're telling me. When they, like you said, they came up for a reason, like to explain it, why he went with just his gut. Just tell me you went with your gut, man. Just tell me, like, I wanted rights over the top, you know, whatever, for in some gut late game. I'm, okay, that I can buy. Just tell me that. You know, don't don't try and tell me that, you know, Pepe's five goals and two assists in seven games wasn't of par. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Well, the other one that we have to feel really bad for because he had been there through thick and thin is Paul Areola. And the real gutter of this was the explanation as to why he was the odd man out. And that was because all the other wingers are now healthy. Yeah. And he's the guy that's been filling in all the holes when 
Gio Reyna or Pulisic or Tim Weah or whoever um, uh, have been hurt. And for Paul to have, you know, fought through and been there for the team the entire time, not to get called up, but you also understand that there's almost only so many slots yeah. and uh, uh, and he, he posted something really nice last night and I just I made me think even more of the world of him I feel terrible for him but this is the dirty business of World Cup rosters he's such a good leader but you know in this one Bearhalter is correct if you look at Wea being healthy you look at Aronson being healthy you look at Reina being healthy all of a sudden all these high caliber particularly right sided more than left wings are healthy and if you go to the left side, then you got your more Pulisic and your Jordan Morris. So uh, now I tend to think that all wings are interchangeable. And I actually think that because you, you can go on different foot and that kind of stuff. And if you watch the way FC Dallas plays, which again is exactly like the national team, we see the wings here in Dallas flip-flop all the time. And if you remember about a month ago, I think Paul figured out the writing was on the wall because right about that time, there was a little run where Velasco wasn't available. And Paul talked about how excited he was to get to go play on the left side with Obran on the right, because Paul was like, I want to remind people that I can play well on the left as well. Mm. And I honestly think that he realized that when, because Morris had come back into camp and was, you know, and, and all these guys were coming back into camp. He probably was like, man, I better show that I can do this. Um, and I thought it did pretty well on the left side here. You know, I think he's perfectly capable of doing it on the left side for, the, for as a wing, but so are any of those guys. You know, there's a real interchangeability in wings in the modern game. They don't they don't play the line and run a wide line and like get to the end and cross. They don't none of them do that. They're slashing and attacking uh, messy style, slashing that gap, you know, the modern attacking inside wing, if you will. So um yeah totally got it for paul he's such a leader he would have been so good in the locker room i mean the chances he would have gotten in a game are small but um i did have the thought that there actually is a benefit uh to him that he might want to, he won't want to think about this now but you know usually the world cup's in the summer and those european guys play a season they go right to the world cup and then they go right into a season that second season they all start to break down and this World Cup will be like that for the American MLS player. You'll go straight out of a season into a World Cup, straight into a season. And so next year, the MLS Cup guys, the MLS guys that are in this World Cup team will really be hurting through that season in terms of their physicality and being prone to injuries. And now Paul, who occasionally has had injury problems, should not have that to happen to him, won't have that load over that overload. So for Paul, maybe that would be my suggestion is try and embrace the fact that you'll be really healthy going into next season, cross your fingers, knock on wood. But that's the one tiny silver lining of what is a horrible situation for the dude. The other conversation to have is something that we've talked about on this podcast a lot, especially back at the time uh, they left the club as part of sales, is the scenario in which Ricardo Pepe and Reggie Cannon stayed in Dallas with their careers instead of going out, maybe even Brian Reynolds, this applies yeah. to, to some degree, yeah. um, instead of going, uh, instead of trying their, applying their trade in Europe and signing a big deal, if they had stayed in Dallas and had, were getting regular playing time, would they have been on this roster? Yeah. To be more specific, even I, it's something that we talk about all the time. When players go to Europe, we always say, man, don't just pay attention to the money or the name, pay attention to the scenario. Am I going to play? What kind of team is it? Like when Pepe went to Augsburg, what did we talk about all the time? Lack of service. I said, it's going to kill that kid if he doesn't get the ball. And that's what happened. What did we talk about? You were adamant with Brian Reynolds. He should be going to Bruges, right? Yep. How many times? 
Think about that. If Brian Reynolds had been here, if Reggie was gone already, and Brian Reynolds would have stayed here and played a whole season like he did the last season he was here, or if he'd gone to Bruges and crushed it like he would have at Bruges, like he's doing now, would Brian Reynolds be in this World Cup team? Well, I'll go uh, one more. Yeah. If Justin Che had stayed in Dallas and was playing center back and had been good enough to oh. fight and win a, a center back battle with this current center back issue that Burhalter has and he was playing week in and week out in MLS yes. is there even a chance that Justin Che would have ended up getting a slot because of the injury situation yeah you remember they brought him in a national team camp when they were doing yes. that camp over in Europe you know it's it's always about playing right if you go somewhere and this is why I always say like you can't go where the place the owner wanted you you have to go where the coach wanted you because if the coach like what happened to Brian is the coach they were, they had told him he was going to be the guy in that second season. And then they fired their coach and went with Moreno and he was screwed. Right. So it's like, if the coach has to want you, the playing time has to be there in Pepe's case, it's got to be the right kind of playing time where they're going to get you the ball. You know, different players are different and require different scenarios. And if Pepe would have stayed here and been the starter, would he have had 18 goals and would Jesus be playing as a midfielder and not be in the world cup and Pepe would be, I mean, you can easily see that. I mean, it's granted, it's hindsight 2020. We can all say that, but this is how you analyze the moves that you've made and how you learn from it. And I think there's no question that if Reggie had stayed here or if, if Pebby would have stayed here, they would and played. And poor Reggie's in a team where he's playing, but he's not playing in a right back. He's playing as a right center back in a back three, right? And maybe that league's not perceived, as Bearhalter said, Turkey was better than where Pepe is, maybe they don't look at Portugal if you're not at Porto or Sporting or something. Maybe that's not so great. So you have to be really careful when you make these moves. You know, I think you could even look at like a Busio, a Busio and Tanner Testman at down there at, and now dropping into the Serie B. You know, are, those guys fell out of any national team pool or maybe fell out of the U23s, you know, um, and they're both quality players, but, you know, not getting the play time, not playing at the right level. It matters. Yeah, and it especially hurts that the guy that took Reggie's spot is a kid that came back to MLS and got his regular playing time yes. as a right back and a yes. back four. Yeah, so and a guy what, we like because he kinda, played it for the academy for like five minutes, so we do like him. But Shaq Moore, yeah. uh, do we? Does Dallas get any claim on him at all whatsoever? I mean, it wasn't even a complete and full year. I mean, the when he came to FC Dallas, it was from a non MLS academy to FC Dallas. And he did it just to get publicity and to get himself to Europe. FC Dallas knew that, but they needed a right back with the 19s at the time. And they were like, let's get a relationship with the guy. Let's get him established. Maybe, who knows, maybe it works out that he comes back here someday. That kind of, they did, everybody did everybody a favor. So he was here for about eight months, maybe like two years of a season, you know, so whatever, I'll claim him. (laughs) <laughs> you know all the all the social media noise uh, about the roster announcement yesterday. I find entertaining and delightful because it really establishes us as a, a true soccer loving, foot, football loving country. Yeah. When you see that kind of battle going on, and you and I have been through so many World Cup cycles, there is no question. I mean, other than the one incident with uh, Klinsman and, and Landon Donovan, the the amount of noise that we hear every cycle about the U.S. roster is pretty minimal until now and now it's like full tilt fire uh and and i personally other than the fact that some of these guys are related to dallas and that's the only reason why i care at the end of it i'm not too plussed about all of this because everybody everybody's arguing about by and large aren't 
should not have an impact on the U.S.'s performance in the tournament. Uh, they're all fringe players at this point. I mean, if we're really worried about Paul Areola or uh, J- Jordan Morris, then the U.S. <laughs> has a lot more problems in the World yeah. Cup ahead of them uh, than we realize. I, I said that to a friend of mine. I said, if any, these are the dudes that were 24, 25, 26, they wouldn't be on the roster ordinarily anyway. And if any of them are playing, we have a problem. Yeah. The, one that, the one that obviously is already a problem is the loss of Richards, and now Reem has come in. You know, and for a guy, I know he's having a great season. You know, whether you like him over Aaron Long or not, whatever, he hasn't been in the mix. So, like, that's clearly an emergency grab. And the fact that we have to have a discussion between Ream and Long, to me, is a big problem in terms of our ability to actually be competitive in this cup. You know, that should be the Richards, or it should have been somebody like McKenzie who hasn't progressed like everybody who had wanted or a Miazga who didn't progress like Carter Vickers did, you know, so there's some gaps there at center back still. That's an issue beyond, you know, Zimmerman. Some people lose their mind that, Oh my God, our best center backs an MLS guy. I mean, he is, you know, so there's a question there. I also want to give uh, platitudes and congratulation and honor to a Twitter account by name of a guy, Michael Milberger. Now, I doubt he listens to this podcast. I don't care, but he had the best and funniest tweet out of all of this, which was, quote, kudos to Sebastian Burhalter for showing great restraint today by not shit talking the players that were cut from the roster today. <laughs> Clapping emoji. <laughs> and I hope you understand that joke. It's yeah. a, it is a super, super awesome joke if you understand the context of it as it relates to uh, a previous announcement uh, many, many years ago. Um, all right. Well, uh, the U.S., as I said, uh, kicks off their campaign in a mere 11 days. I can't wow. believe it's yeah. almost here and they're gonna you know what the crazy part is they're <laughs> let's just say some of those guys are still traveling how many of those guys are going to end up chewing up an entire day of the remaining 10 days just getting to cutter oh man that cannot be an easy i mean i've never been there but i you know i cannot imagine that's a simple travel I, scenario it's got to be like a 23 hour flight one way or 20 something hour set of flights or something i it, it can't be short no i way. mean maybe not bad maybe that not that bad if you're in like turkey but if you're in england or something like that it's not going to be simple yeah the other news that came out today dallas cup announced that arsenal first place premier league club arsenal will be sending a u19 or whatever it is to the super for the supergroup participation in the next dallas cup thing dallas cup is the greatest thing ever and luckily i feel like uh, the 2023 edition will really start to get it back on track post covid uh, and i may even i'm i'm hearing rumors that uh the referee program may pick up again this year and i may mm. get another homestay so that's terrific. I, I thought it was funny that they put in the press release to remind us that the last time Arsenal was here in 2019, um, that Yanis uh, Musa was in that team and that he was like a big oh, engine of their right. side. So like all of us saw him at the Cotton Bowl, you know, like on the opener against, I can't remember who they played at the Cotton Bowl that opening day, but that they were in the super group, you know, and Dallas, FC Dallas' team was in that super group. So. I had totally forgotten about that. He was yeah. with Arsenal back then. That's right. Yeah, there was a couple of good dudes in that in that team, but he was the one that has the American connection to us that we all, uh, you know, were like, oh, my gosh. That happens all the time. Like, they all the time tweet out guys that are playing in the Champions League or playing in the World Cup. They're like, yeah, that dude was here this year. That dude was – I mean, Beckham was here when he was a kid. You know, the super group is the one where – uh, who's the Manchester United kid that has the big, huge fro that came out a couple of years ago? He he can't remember. He came over here. Hannibal? Um, 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's Super Bowl loss. Um, it was maybe a, a few years before. It was maybe like 2017, 2018. But like without fail. Oh, Chong. You're thinking yeah, of Chong. Chong, yeah. Chong, 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 yeah. Without fail, there's guys in the Super Group that within a year or two, you'll see in the Champions League or the World Cup, you know, just a massive, massive stage. And you get to see them when they're 18 years old, right on the cusp of being these massive multi-million dollar players and getting first look at guys. And it's fun to talk to people about like, oh, what's that guy worth? What's that guy? Well, you know, who's this? Who's that? You know, the European dudes will tell you because they know a little bit more about their youth clubs coming up. But um, Arsenal's a great youth club. I mean, they, they've won a bunch of uh, titles and a bunch of FA, youth FA Cups. They're always really good. Even though Stephen Barrow doesn't work for them anymore, but <laughs> uh, it, uh, I can't wait the, to get the, to get Arsenal back as the first commit for the world for the Super Group. Super awesome! That people will now pay more attention. They needed a little something from after last year's Super Group was not that great. Uh, so I love it. I'm excited. All right. Anything else we need to cover in this episode of Third Degree, the podcast? Well, the only thing I really wanted to do was get my 2019 Gold Cup Josh Sargent uh, hot fire thrown out there. But um, just the right around the corner for um, FC Dallas, uh, um, that we'll, we'll start to once we get through the the deadline for picking up options, then we can really dig into the plan for next season. Um, it, all the signs are pointing to. The kid, Jose Mulatto, who's the North Texas player that was on loan from Deportivo Cali. He's the one in the Bayern Munich uh, world team thing. Do you remember the player I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Well, North Texas put out their official contract moves. They didn't even mention him. They mentioned the other guys that were on loan that they didn't pick up. Not a single word about that dude, which to me just reinforces that the report that he's been bought by Dallas actually happened. As we've been saying that it happened. You know what I'm talking about? They won't admit it yet, but... The fact that they didn't even mention him like he was a ghost was telling. Yeah. And then I understand Blaine Ferry's uh, going with somebody in the USL championship uh, that he parted amicably, but they were like, you know, they kind of wanted to bring him back, but he couldn't. There was no room at FC Dallas. So it's like, okay, kid, good luck to you. And so I, I think he's, he's landed in the champ- championship. Um, and I, I'm sorry, Buzz. Did you mention that Dallas traded for the DP or the uh, international slot? With Nashville? I did not mention it, but yeah, they did again. So they're back up to nine. Last year they had 10. They always like to do this. Um, Nashville just traded away four of them now. What a weird build that team is that they don't need them at all, that they have four extra ones laying around. And it's funny how they got different money values for each of them, that they just depending on how negotiations went, they didn't tell what they were paying. Like St. Louis paid 200,000 instead of 175 that Dallas paid, and somebody else paid 175 at a pick, you know, so. Huh. Maybe like the maybe the more they'd handed out, the more that they were getting, you know, for like, oh, this is like the third or fourth one we're sending out. You got to give us more. But they ended up landing like seven hundred thousand in GAM and TAM and stuff, which is like a DP, <laughs> basically, <laughs> if you want. And they traded for Fafa Pico, so they, you know, they're they're all about the domestic. Uh, Nashville is, and they, and they exposed Dax McCarty. Never exposed Dax McCarty in the situation. Oh That's a man. Big mistake. That is going. They are good. I was going to say they don't yeah. need any international slots because they have Dax McCarty. He's <laughs> yeah. so good, and now they've let him. Uh, he'll go somewhere else. That's terrible. I've, Did you know he's thirty five? Uh, yeah, Can I you know. He, that? And he looks like he's fifteen. <laughs> I know. Uh, still, he was a baby. Oh, I'm. Uh, he was eighteen when he came out of Carolina. He's so young. Uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, all right. Well, um, very good. I think we've done this a succinct, nice job today, Buzz. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty tight. You know, Dan's not here clogging up. The, no, uh, Dan's wedding is this weekend, so everyone... Yeah, Dan's uh, going to get betrothed good, this weekend. Nuptials, and, and you're out next week, and Dan might be on a honeymoon, so... Man, well, it might be uh, a tough. You may thing. have to do. Uh, you may have to do Buzz solo talking to himself pods, yeah. which are great. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm un- unfortunately going to be uh, persona non grata here for a while because I've got to start doing all the World Cup stuff yeah. moving forward. So, yeah. Um, yeah you know, for right. those who don't like me on the pod, this is your time. Your <laughs> no, time has arrived. It's not anyone like that. It's not anyone like that. Listen, as soon as you listen to me and Dan do it by ourselves, or me do it by myself, then then you it's, instantly understand why you're here. It's, it's charming. I love uh, it. Yeah, well, given those two scenarios, I'm assuming Dan's not going to be back. I didn't even ask him. It's looking like it's a buzz Q and A with myself. He'll be you very know. busy yeah. consummating his marriage and does not have time yeah. for you, sir. <laughs> no, no, he does not. Uh, but you know, thankfully, FC Dallas will finally do some roster moves, and we'll have free agency will have begun, and and maybe we'll have a hedges answer by then, and then people can start to fire away with questions about 2023, and we can really dig into roster building and 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 get and get long winded about stupid Dallas minutiae in the middle of the World Cup. And we'll talk about whatever happens in the World Cup. Teams. Very good. Hey, it's Buzz reminding you that Third Degree, the podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. The U.S. men's national team is out. The team is on the ground in Qatar. The gear is available. Get all your stuff at Soccer90.com. Shop the whole selection of U.S. men's national team stuff. Support the boys as they go for it in the group stage, hopefully deep into the tournament. And don't miss the end of MLS season sale for just now through November 13th. MLS and FC Dallas gear marked down by as much as 50%. 50% of I mean, that's more than our discount. Shop Soccer 90 today. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for waiting for me uh, to make myself available to do this. I oh. appreciate you uh, accommodating me. You're welcome, and I'm really glad you were here today. Thank you. My, my pleasure, as always. Thank you, FC Dallas Curious Fan. Somebody, I don't know who, will be here next week to talk to you on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Congratulations, Mrs. Dan. Dan, come back. Ooh. Woof. Third degree, the third degree nip pocket. Third degree, the third degree nip pocket. Third degree, third degree nip pocket. Third degree, third degree nip pocket. 25, 25 long hard years, yeah. Was Carrick, yeah, the man, man. 25 years, you better be giving this man at least $5 a month. Patreon third degree, come on, pay the man. It's the only comprehensive coverage of my fucking club that I love so much. Hey, come on, it's third degree old bust, yes. Give the man some other f- money, hey. Podcast.